Heavenly Father, we ask that you would send the Holy Spirit to us now and teach us, O Lord, to follow your decrees, and then we will keep them to the end. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue our series in the book of Philippians, and we've been coming to the end of this book written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Philippi, who he dearly loved, and he's been giving them instructions as to how they are to live in light of the good news of Jesus Christ, how they are to stand as one man contending for the sake of the gospel. And he's encouraged them to rejoice in the Lord. We saw that in verse 4 of chapter 4, that they're commanded to rejoice. We've also seen that they were commanded to be gentle in verse 5. And then in verse 6, we saw that they were commanded to be prayerful people. And in verse 8, last week, we saw that they were supposed to think about what is good. What does the Apostle Paul now teach them in verse 9? Well, we see that he encourages them to act, to do something, to practice something. We see that in verse 9. He says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. He wants the people of Philippi, the church in Philippi, to be people who put something into practice. What is it that they're meant to put into practice? Well, it's whatever they have learned or received or heard or seen in the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is one who has taught the Philippians how to live, how to act, how to do their lives. And how has he done that? Well, it's the whole of Paul's life that has proclaimed Christianity. We see that he has taught the Philippians how to live by the way that he has spoken, through his preaching, through his personal counsel. We see that in verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received from me or heard from me, he's been one who has taught them how to live. But it's also the way that he has lived that he has taught them as well. He taught them by living a godly life. He put into practice the principles of Christianity. He practiced what he preached. We see that back in chapter 3, verse 17, where he said something similar there. Verse 17, Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. He is one who has lived out the gospel. He has lived the commands of God himself. And so he can say, Look at me, look at my life, and do what I do. So what is it that Paul wants the Philippians to do? What does he want them to practice? What is it that he has preached to the church in Philippi? Well, a summary of what Paul wants the church in Philippi to do would be the word love. Love. We see again and again through this book that he has encouraged them to love one another, that they're to live lives of love. If you look back in chapter 1, verse 9... The Apostle Paul says to the church in Philippi what he prays for them. Verse 9 of chapter 1, he says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. He wants their love to increase and grow. Chapter 2, verse 1, we also see love encouraged there as well. Verse 1, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. There again, encouraging the church in Philippi to be people of love. And he practiced what he preached. He loved people as well. He showed love to 
believers and even in the church in Philippi. Chapter 4, verse 1. Chapter 4, verse 1, he speaks of his love for the church in Philippi. Verse 1, Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. Paul taught them to love people, to love one another, but he also showed it by the way that he lived. He lived a life of love for his fellow believers. And of course, this is how the Lord Jesus sums up the whole of the commands of the Bible. Paul preached that people are to love one another, and that is the whole message of the Bible, for believers to love one another, to love God and love their neighbour as themselves. That's what Jesus says. He sums up all the commands with love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second greatest commandment is love your neighbour as yourself. This is what the Apostle Paul means when he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. What does he want people to put into practice? He wants them to put into practice what God has commanded, which is that we're to love him and love our neighbour as ourselves. So what is the danger the, the Apostle Paul is wanting to warn the Philippians about here? What is he wanting to counteract here? Well, he's wanting to counteract theoretical Christianity. Theoretical Christianity. What's that? Well, it's people who love to pray that God will act, but not act themselves. It's people who love to study the Bible and meditate upon what is good, but not do good themselves. Imagine going to university. You go to university for a degree for a particular job. One of those degrees where there's no real outcome at the end, no real job that you're going for, but you're going for a training for a particular job. And what does that mean? What does a good uni student do? I mean, a good uni student, well, for years, you listen to lecturers teaching in the classes. For years, you watch teachers do practical demonstrations of how to do the job that you will one day have when you graduate. And for years, you spend lots of time studying. You study, 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 thinking about the job that you will have and what you, that will involve. And for years, what else do you do? For years, you ask the lecturers questions. You ask them for help as you're trying to understand the job that you will one day have. Imagine you've done that. You've gone to university for years. You've studied, studied, studied. You've listened and listened and listened. You've watched and watched and watched. And then what? Imagine you never work in that job. You never work in that job. You decide you'll sit on the couch and do nothing. Or you keep on studying. You enrol in the degree again and do it all over again. You continue to learn about that job. What would people think if you have all that knowledge but never use it in the real world? They'd think you were crazy. They'd think you were wasting your time. They would think it was a waste of money, all the resources that you poured into studying for that job and you've never actually done the job. Paul wants us to understand the same thing applies to Christianity. The same principle applies to Christianity. Why? Christianity isn't simply a knowledge religion. It is a practical religion. It is a practical religion. It involves action. It is a religion of Love And love is a verb. It is an action. We love by action. 
Yes, we must pray. Yes, we must think rightly. Yes, we must meditate upon God's word. But all that prayer and all that meditation upon the word of God, that thinking about the word of God, it should lead to acting rightly, to action. Monks who pray and study all day are crazy if they don't go out and interact in the real world. It is sinful what they're doing. Why? Because they don't practice what is preached. They study what is preached, but they don't practice what is preached. Do you realise that there's actually a wrong time to pray and to study the Bible? There's a wrong time to pray and study the Bible. When's a wrong time to study and read the Bible? If you should be concentrating on your work that God has given you to do, and yet you're busy listening to sermons, it's sinful. You're meant to be working. You're meant to be showing love to the community that you're involved with by doing your job. And to sit there and listen to sermons while you're supposed to be working, it's wrong. If you should be washing the dishes, but you're reading the Bible alone in your bedroom, it's wrong. It's sinful. It's wrong to be reading your Bible at that time when you are meant to be showing love to the rest of the household. If you should be at church with God's people, but you're alone praying by yourself, it's wrong. It's sinful. You should be acting what you're praying about rather than simply sitting there on your own and praying. Now, why should we bother? Why should we practice what is preached? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us, he tells us in this verse, verse 9, together, look, let's look at it. Verse 9, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Yes, there is a peace that comes by prayer. Coming to God in prayer with your concerns, we saw that when we looked at the verse that speaks of that, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, verse 7. But there's also a peace that comes from actually doing what you've been praying about. Yes, of course, there's many things we pray about that are beyond us, that we cannot do. But there are things that we pray about that are for us to do. And if we do them, if we love God and love our neighbour as we should, the peace of God comes to us as well. And this is what the, the book of James promises as well. The book of James, he speaks about the the peace that comes for those who do what God's word says. Look with me at James chapter 1, page 1196, if you've got a church Bible, page 1196. James chapter 1, reading from verse 22. James 1, verse 22. 1196, if you've got a church Bible. James chapter 1, verse 22. James says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If you're a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word, you will be blessed in what you do. There's this promise of peace that comes, happiness, joy that comes to those who do what the word says. 
And the Lord Jesus says similar things in his Sermon on the Mount. Look with me now at Matthew chapter 7. Turn with me now in Matthew chapter 7, page 961. 961 if you have a church Bible. Matthew chapter 7, reading from verse 24. Verse 24 of Matthew chapter 7. The Lord Jesus has been preaching and giving many instructions as to how the godly are to live. And then he says in verse 24, to finish the sermon, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. What do both men experience in this parable that the Lord Jesus gives, this illustration he gives? Well, they both hear the words of Jesus. They both hear the words of Jesus. But what does the man do who builds his house on the rock? He does what he has heard from Jesus. He puts them into practice. And what happens? Well, the rain comes, the wind comes, the floods come, the waters rise, but they do not harm him. He has peace. He is blessed. Even as the storms of life come his way. Whereas, what does the man who builds his house on the sand do? Well, he doesn't do what he has heard. And so what happens? All that he has built, maybe prayer, maybe Bible reading, Bible study, meditation, it all collapses. He's a crazy man. He's been studying and he's been praying, but he's never put into practice what he has heard. He has heard, but he has not put it into practice. So what does that mean? What does that mean? If you're not loving God and you're not loving your neighbour as yourself, it means you're not a Christian. You're not a Christian. What does Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 2? If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing. I can fathom all mysteries. I've got a faith that can move mountains, but I have not love. I am nothing. And so what will happen? All your prayer, all your Bible study, it all collapses. And you are thrown with all your false works into hell. What are you like? You're like that uni student who doesn't end up doing any work. He studies, 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 but doesn't work. And so all he has is a great big debt to his name at the end of his studies. That's what people are like with their lives. They study, study, study. They hear God's word, but all they have is a debt to their name because they've never put into practice what the word says. So what are you to do? If you don't see yourself putting into practice what the word says, you're not seeing a love for God. You're not seeing a love for your neighbour as for yourself. What are you to do? Are you meant to work harder at loving so that you will be safe on judgment day? 
No, you're meant to practice what is preached to unbelievers. The Apostle Paul encourages believers to love God and love their neighbour as themselves. But unbelievers, what are they to practice? What are they to do? They're to repent and believe in Christ Jesus. They're to repent and believe. Trusting in Christ Jesus is the first step in building upon the rock that is Christ Jesus. If you want to build on the rock rather than the sand, you've got to come and trust in Christ Jesus. Why do we have to trust in Christ Jesus first and foremost? Well, it's because Jesus always practiced what he preached. Jesus always practiced what he preached. He always loved God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, with all his strength. And he always loved his neighbor as himself. And we see his great love there displayed at the cross where he died in the place of sinners. That's what we need to trust in. We need to trust in Christ Jesus, his perfection put to our account so that we will have peace with God because he died in our place to make up our sins and his righteousness has come over to our account. And so we will have peace on Judgment Day. Our our house, it will not collapse because it's built upon the rock that is Christ Jesus by our faith in him. That's what you need to do. If you do not see yourself loving God and loving your neighbour as yourself, you need to repent of your sin. Repent of all the times you have not practised what is preached in God's word. Repent of all the times you have not loved God and not loved your neighbour as yourself. And trust that Jesus Christ paid at the cross with his blood and his body for all those times you have not practiced what you've preached, and that his life of righteousness has come over to your account. And once we do that, well, then we look forward to peace with God. We have peace now, and we will have peace with him for all of eternity. And then once we build on Christ by faith, then we practice what he's preached. We love God and love our neighbor. Love for God, love for neighbor comes from faith in God's love shown to us in Christ Jesus. And then what happens? Well, then the promise of four, chapter 4, verse 9 of Philippians is ours. The peace of God will be with us. Because we have faith in Christ, so we're sanctified in Christ, but we also have the peace that comes of actually living a life of love for God and living a, love of, a life of love for neighbour as ourselves. If you live a life of love for neighbour, instead of bitterness and hatred towards neighbour, You have a peace in this world and you can enjoy that peace. So what does your life look like? Are you someone who prays? Great. Are you someone who reads the Bible? Great. But do you also practice what God preaches? Do you practice what God preaches? Do you love God? Do you love your neighbour as yourself? Do you pray for God? to act lovingly, but do not act lovingly yourself? Do you read your Bible to stimulate your mind, but not stir your heart to loving action? Do you love sermons that puff up your mind with knowledge, but not those that cut your heart about your action, your lack of action, your lack of love towards others? Won't you hear what God says if that is you, that you love sermons that puff up your mind? What happens, 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1, knowledge puffs up but love builds up. Knowledge puffs up but love builds up. Now before you scoff and say, that's not me, realise that not practising what is preached is an old problem. It's an old danger. 
that we who hear God's word face. We who hear God's word, we face this danger. We saw it in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 31, where it says there, my people come to you, this is the Lord speaking, his people come to you, to Ezekiel, as they usually do, and they sit before you to listen to your words, but they do not put them into practice. With their mouths they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed, to them you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words, but do not put them into practice. It's an old problem for those who are around God's word, who hear God's word proclaimed, that they do not put into practice the words of God. They're greedy for unjust gain. And so they will say, oh, it's wonderful to hear the word of God, just like it's wonderful to hear a beautiful piece of music. But they are undone because they are not putting the word of God into practice. If you're not practicing what is preached about love, practice what is preached about faith. If you look at your life now and you see that you're not living a life of love for your neighbor and for God, put into practice what is preached about faith now. Trust in Christ Jesus now before it is too late, before your whole building collapses, because it is built upon sand and you miss out on the peace of God for all of eternity. Do it now. Trust in Christ Jesus. And then what? Well, look forward to the peace of God that you will have eternally in heaven. And then what? Well, practice what is preached about love. Practice what is preached about love so that you will know peace even now in this world because you are doing what God has preached. And if you are practicing what is preached, if you are practicing what is preached about love, then rejoice that the peace of God is with you even now. Rejoice in that fact that the peace of God is with you now. You have practiced what is preached. You have trusted in Christ Jesus as the first step of building upon the rock. And then God in his mercy by the power of the Holy Spirit has produced love in your heart for him and for your neighbor. And you have actually been able to do works of love for God and for your neighbor. Rejoice in what he has done in your life. Sing that song by Samus which we know that old hymn when we walk with the Lord with joy in your hearts. We're going to do it shortly. But let's read it together now. Verse uh, in your bulletins. Open up your bulletins to the final hymn there, which sums up so clearly what the Bible says we should practice. The final hymn in your bulletins there. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Why? Verse 2. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt or a fear, not a sigh nor a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief, nor a loss, not a frown, nor a cross, but he's blessed if we trust and obey. 
But we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favour he shows and the joy he bestows are for those, are for those who, who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Let's come to God in prayer now. Let's speak with him. Heavenly Father, we praise you as the God who acts, a God who acts lovingly. You are love, and so you act in love towards your creation for your own glory. You're always working for your glory, O God. And so, Lord, we thank you that the Lord Jesus practiced what was preached. And so by faith in him, we too can have eternal peace. O Lord, we ask that you would help us to be people of prayer. Ask us to be people of the scriptures. But Lord, we ask that you would also help us to be people of action, to act as our God acts. And so, Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for our times of inaction, for not practising what is preached, and ask that you would help us to practise what your word preaches and love you and love our neighbour more and more so that we enjoy your peace more and more in this world. And, Lord, if there is anyone who does not love you and his neighbour, and they're listening to me now, oh, Lord, we pray that they would fear the crash that is coming on Judgment Day, that their house is built upon sand and it will fall. And so, Lord, we pray that they would come and trust in Christ, practising what was preached now, that they would trust in his love. And, Lord, we pray that they'd begin to build upon Christ and to love you with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, with all their strength, and to love their neighbour as themselves because they have trusted in Christ Jesus and look forward to the peace that is coming their way for eternity. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen.